Hey, I want to welcome everybody to uh, the Guelph New York uh, 2022 podcast series. We're really looking forward to having uh, Kevin and Matthew join us on stage. They're going to be on the uh, keynote fireside in the morning. So uh, without further ado, uh, Kevin, why don't you say a quick hello and then I'll ask Matt to do the same thing. Uh, Hey, good morning. Good to be with you. Um, Look forward to talking a little bit more about Beauty Industry Group just by way of our our business. So we're in the the hair extension uh, space in in beauty, and our we take a multi channel, multi brand approach. We deal directly in direct to consumer. We do um, distribution through uh, to directly to salons, and then we have distributors that we also sell products to, and they they sell on our behalf in certain markets. And so we've taken a multi channel, multi uh, multi brand strategy. Started out as a very small business and have grown to be one of the largest in the world. Uh, we're excited that we're not only in the United States, but we have offices and, and brands located in uh, Australia, the UK, Germany, um, Toronto, and growing all the time. Um, and so it's, it's good to be with you and, and share with you some of the things we've learned uh, over the last few years through COVID and in our experience of, of growth over the last few years. Yeah, well, thanks, Kevin. We'll be talking a little bit uh, later about what you guys will be talking about. But yeah, this theme of global D2C, cross-border e-commerce, selling through marketplaces, and especially working with uh, international distribution partners to kind of up their game when it comes to to e-commerce is something we'll be hearing throughout the day. Uh, Matt, why don't you say a quick hello? Hey, Kent. Um, Pleasure to meet everyone. And uh, obviously excited to tell, you know, some of the story here with uh, Beauty Industry Group about how obviously we've we've been able to be part of you know their overall international expansion plan from a DTC perspective and you know as an introduction CEO responsible for the North America business here at Globally um, and you know really just spending a lot of my time working with brands similar to to Beauty Industry Group helping them break down international barriers to expand their businesses outside of the overall domestic U.S. market so excited to share some insights. Speaking of sharing insights, one thing we like to do with these uh, short podcasts in advance of the event is uh, share some uh, things people should be thinking about and maybe some things that people should be thinking less about these days. So we call this our two starts and one stop segment of the podcast. So, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. And um, Kevin has you know, recently kind of gotten involved in the last three or four years with the e-commerce business, unlike the uh, Matt and myself and Michael LeBlanc, who, uh, you know, we're kind of lifers now, believe it or not, in this space. But uh, Kevin, maybe share a couple of uh, observations as you've kind of gotten into the global e-commerce industry here. Maybe a couple things that brands should be thinking about uh, doing that maybe they're not doing as much. And then maybe something that they should uh, move away from a bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a couple of things that the brand should be doing is just looking for ways to, to expand in favorable markets, right? I think we're in a in a world with technology and logistics where you don't have to go into every market on cross-border. So understand kind of where your key markets are and work to move into those. You don't feel like you have to move into to, to all markets, but just segment them really where you know you can be most effective. And And there's so many great, like I said, great things from logistics and and, uh, and and partners that have expertise to help you get there. You don't need to have to know how to do everything. You don't need to go into every market. 
Um, you know, and what what we've learned over the last few years too is that, you know, we we thought we needed to have multiple distribution centers and get closer to the customer, but with our product, it's really smaller and light uh, and easy to ship. Um, it doesn't make sense to, to, to have large capital outlays. You know, it makes more sense to work with partners and others who, who can help you get your product to people more quickly and, and uh, carry less inventory and, and, and be more specialized at what you're doing and let them be good at what they're at. Yeah, no, that's great. In fact, I know uh, in our opening keynote at um, Gallup, New York, 2022, and again, it's uh, Thursday, September 29th. For those of you that have not quite registered yet, uh, you can go to globalecommerceleadersforum.com and uh, just click through to the, the New York event and get registered there. But yeah, the opening session, we've got uh, Polo, we've got American Eagle Outfitters, we've got a new speaker from Snipes uh, that's joining us. And that's exactly one of the things they're talking about, um, this idea of, you know, literally don't boil the ocean, you know, be selective with your markets. And and if there's some brands out there that have had international expansion on hold during the pandemic, what we're finding, what we're hearing is that people are coming back and are, are refocusing on their core opportunities. And, and often those are the tier one markets like uh, the UK, like Canada, like Australia, where I know you guys are busy as well. And yeah, the other point too, um, you know, we are hearing some people that are like, hey, I want to get closer to the customer. I do need to kind of figure out this whole kind of Brexit, that thing going on in Europe. And maybe it does make sense to put some 3PLs in, in a different location and, and you know, forward deploy inventory. But it doesn't work for everyone. So uh, nice segue maybe to uh, to Matthew to share a couple uh, couple of things people should be doing. And maybe, maybe we'll come back, Kevin, and, you know, talk a little bit about some other stuff at the end here. Starting with, let's just call it improving on your overall international price strategy. I think that as we see brands on a on an everyday cadence, some of the largest and most complex to some of the simplistic digitally native brands that are just gearing up for a single site, entire market reach setup, think more strategically on what is your international price strategy in each and every single one of these markets that you want to penetrate, meaning how do I build out a strategy through an overall direct-to-consumer, you know, call it digital-first setup? How do I leverage and make sure I still maintain distribution, wholesale agreements if you, in fact, go that path and don't start to cannibalize yourself from an overall pricing perspective? And I think that's one of the hot topics I have conversations with many, many brands on is start improving and or building on having an international price strategy that looks outside of the U.S., um, the second start, I would say, and I think it, it piggybacks off of Kevin's is think smarter when positioning inventory. I think in the past brands have felt like they've had to have inventory in every single market in order to achieve international success. And I, and I think the opposite, I really think that brands are now thinking if I am going to expand my international fulfillment and begin to position a subset of my catalog, how do I do that? while running a single instance of my website, yet all the complexity that happens, I want to be able to give my customer the broad range of everything that I offer and not limit them in that market. And then finally, stopping, I would say, setting a, a website in every single market, feeling like you have to in order to reach an international customer. I think the world right now in international 
D2C is changing. I think the world of setting up a website and losing your own brand control is is a thing of the past. I think brands are now trying to figure out how do I manage a single, double, or you know, multiple inventory or multiple digital footprint, yet not limit my offering by inundating my building from a digital perspective to get there. So those are my two starts and stop. Yeah, no, I mean that that's spot on, and you've hit a lot of the key topics. And I mean, one thing that I mean, it's interesting. We we've seen a lot of uh, you know younger people in organizations move up the rank since the uh, pandemic is. You know, I don't know if it's the you hear about the great resignation, but I, I'm hearing about you know kind of the great renewal where there's just a lot of uh, renewed opportunity at these organizations. But you know, it's funny you hear some of the younger people who have been so focused on the D to C boom you know, say, Hey, you know, we're, we're looking at wholesale channels now, you know, like this is something new or something that hasn't been the way to market. So yeah, this whole idea of uh, kind of re-engaging with the wholesale partner, pricing is a huge part of that because, you know, in, in many cases, that's, you know, uh, that's where some of the, the friction can lie and has, you know, quite literally it's been the case since the early days of e-commerce. So, and yeah, you know, again, this idea of, you know, you don't need a, a you know, it's funny, we were having a prep call with, with Jose and, and Jim mentioned um, Harvey when he was with Crocs, that was always one of his friends. Jim, you were probably at that, that, you know, I think that was Gelf 2016 or something where Crocs was like, you know, Hey, we went out and built sites everywhere and it just didn't make sense. And yeah, this whole idea about, um, you know, kind of having the, you know, the hero products in market, but, you know, when we go back to the original, uh, you know, kind of the dynamics that started us to put Gelf together, it was this idea that, you know, people are coming to my site and they're buying stuff. But if you peeled it back, you know, they were coming to buy like three or four things. They weren't, they weren't hitting the whole catalog. There were, there were things that were popular on social media at the time. Uh, Kevin, any other stops that you might want to think about or any other advice, especially, you know, kind of coming in from, from outside the industry? Any, any, any advice you have for the, uh, you know, the, the old folks like myself and Matthew that have been in this space for a long time and have never done anything else in their life but this? I, I would say, first of all, stop thinking you have to have be competent at everything, right? You know, know what you're good at and then partner with people who have developed competencies where you lack. You, you know, we have limited resources and things have become so much more expensive these days. I've learned and we knew that we couldn't do everything. So we found people that could help us. And that's that's a big thing. And then, you know, as, as you look at this, um, just I, I have a background in process improvement. I'd say step back and look at your processes because a lot of times your processes aren't uh, creating a good customer experience and understanding how your processes work, you know, getting the product in front of the customer to view on websites and then your product, your process for getting it out the door uh, can really improve your customer experience. And so understand your process as well and, and understand what your customers want, design those processes to meet your customers' needs. No, I mean, it's so true. So often we hear, especially from young brands, they're just like, we just do it, man. We just go out and throw it all against the wall and we see what sticks. And, you know, it's like, go, go, go. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, but, you know, it never hurts to step back and, you know, pick up the stuff that is falling off the wall. That's the right analogy. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, in the last couple of minutes we've got left here. Uh, Matt, your team always pulls together some of the best research and some of the best slides. Uh, we're glad you're helping us open up the day. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to cover in the session, and then we'll wrap up with you, Kevin. 
Yeah, I think uh, from my view, it's all about, you know, beauty industry group, how and, and what challenges they faced along their expansion to to conquer the world. And and most importantly, how we were, you know, obviously able there to help arm them with the relevant tools per brand in order to help match unique needs for each and every single brand that they continue to either own and or acquire. So I think uh, exciting statistics, including some headwinds that I think every single brand is facing right now internationally to help them invest a bit more wisely. Mm-hmm. As we all know, um, digital right now, international right now is facing uh, some really key headwinds and learning about what those impacts are uh, is something we're, we're excited to share. Yeah, Kevin, uh, maybe wrap it up. I know you're going to be talking a little bit about you know how you guys have been. Well, tell us a little bit about how fast you guys have been growing and and how you've been growing and all that. And I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, you know I I've got to get you know into the hair extension world myself. I, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to that point where it's time to start yeah. know, looking in the mirror. Yeah, you know the, the the space is so growing so quickly, and and another thing that's interesting it's it's uh, it's it's a it's a product that that customers buy regardless of the of the economic uh, right. situation in the country. People want to look good. It's one thing they can control. So we we are lucky to be in an industry where that's the case. Um, we've grown uh, in the in the double digits year over year for many years, and. We want to help people. Uh, we want to deliver true beauty to the world, and uh, we're we're glad that we've been able to really zero in on our cross border strategy and know what we can become really good at to get those products um, out uh, to our customers throughout the world, um, and not be so focused just on the domestic market. And that's really that's really helped us grow a lot and kind of zeroing in on knowing how to go about doing that in a in a very cost effective and efficient way has has been a great thing for us. So. Uh, I guess that's what I would say. All right. Well, hey, we're looking forward to having you guys join us. Thanks again for the time today. And uh, Michael, I'm going to bounce this back over to you. Thanks again for uh, all you do as our uh, global e-commerce tech talks host. Uh, Thanks, everybody. And see you guys again uh, Thursday, September 29th in New York at Convene. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. If you like this podcast, you can follow us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcast channel, or your favorite podcast platform. Please rate and review with a five-star rating, and be sure to recommend to a friend or colleague in the retail and cross-border commerce industry. I'm Michael LeBlanc, founder and president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. You can learn more about me on LinkedIn, and you can learn more about the Global E-Commerce Leaders Forum, including the upcoming forum in New York in September, and continue to keep up with the latest on cross-border commerce online at www.globalecommerceleadersforum.com. Safe travels, everyone.